In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Titus. A feast day is a day set aside by the church to remember and give thanks to God for a particular blessing. Most often, feast days are celebrated on events in our Lord's life. For example, his conception, his birth, his baptism, his transfiguration, his resurrection and ascension, of course. In Christian freedom, we also celebrate the blessings of God we have received through certain people. In Lutheranism, and specifically in the LCMS, we limit these celebrations to those directly connected to Christ and who were named in the Bible. We do not celebrate these days for the benefit of those who've passed before us, nor because we are required to. We celebrate them so that we might learn from and be encouraged by the faith and life of those who've gone ahead of us and perhaps follow their example. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Today, January 26th, is the day that the church considers St. Titus. In the history of the church, there have been other days set aside for this purpose. In the 1960s, however, when the Roman Catholic Church was making some changes, this change was among them. The date of St. Titus was moved to today so that one could celebrate St. Timothy on January 24th, the conversion of St. Paul on January 25th, and then today. You can find this all in the front of our hymn. Now, since we are talking about St. Titus, we should answer this question. Who is he? Now, if you still have your hymnal out and you look on page 11 in the Roman numerals, you'll find St. Titus listed as pastor and confessor. A confessor is one who physically suffers for the faith, yet does not die and become a martyr. This is why we are in white today. Well, if you look at the feast of Saints Peter and Paul in June, that is red. Red for the Holy Spirit, also for blood. Our text today is from the epistle of Titus. Titus was the one who received the letter and not the one who wrote it. That would be St. Paul. Paul wrote to him, To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. From this, we can learn a few things about Titus. Firstly, he was acquainted with St. Paul, and in fact, was near to him. St. Paul called him his true child in a common faith. 
We also learn why this letter was written as instruction and encouragement for Titus as he carried out his work of putting things in order and training pastors on the island of Crete. Titus, as both scripture and tradition indicate, was the first bishop of Crete. However, he didn't start that way. Titus was born a Gentile unbeliever. We don't exactly know where, but maybe in Corinth or, or Antioch, he came into contact with St. Paul. He heard the gospel of Christ preached by Paul and was brought to the Christian faith through the work of the Holy Spirit. He became a traveling companion of St. Paul. They went to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15, where it was recognized from Scripture that the Gentiles were indeed heirs of the same eternal life in Christ as those who had formerly been Jews. Later, Titus became St. Paul's representative to the Corinthians. The Corinthian congregation had many areas in which they were unfaithful to God's word. St. Paul wrote them a severe letter, as he himself called it, a, a letter which remains lost to us. Paul feared that they would not receive his preaching of the law well, and so he sent Titus to them in his place. Titus later wrote back to Paul that they did receive his letter well, they repented of their sins, and they expected to receive Paul again lovingly. It is because of this that the church remembers Titus for his churchmanship, his compassion, and his steadfastness in the gospel. This is also why St. Paul left him in Crete. The island of Crete was a difficult one, the culture there was especially hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yet, where the word is preached, there the Holy Spirit creates faith. And he did, though it was initially a small flock. And no sooner than the true gospel spread did false teachers also come. Titus's job, in short, was this. Raise up men in every town to serve as pastors. In Scripture, the words elder and overseer are interchangeable, and both describe what we know as the pastoral office. This was the end goal of Titus's work, that these men hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that they may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. We confess, we know little about St. Titus outside of the epistles of Paul and the book of Acts. Early church tradition is that Titus remained in Crete for his entire ministry, that he died there as an old man in about 96 A.D., he was placed into a hotbed of paganism and unbelief, and he did not waver. The Lord worked through him, and the word spread, even unto us. Titus's job was to train and equip men for service to the church, men who were able to both teach pure doctrine 
and protect their flocks from false doctrine. This same work is necessary today. None of us came into this world as Christians. We confess with King David in Psalm 51 that we were both conceived and born in sin. That sin was washed away through holy baptism, where we each received the forgiveness of our sins through the gift of faith. Throughout our lives, we've learned and grown in our knowledge of God's Word, most often not from our own efforts, but through the teaching and prayers of our pastors, our Sunday school teachers, and others who assisted the pastor in teaching us the faith. So that the spread of the gospel might continue and increase, the Lord continues to call men to serve us, his church. Who should be considered for the pastoral office? St. Paul writes, he should be considered who is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and who, if so blessed by God, has children faithful to Christ. The pastor, St. Paul says, as God's steward, must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. This is a formidable list and a humbling one for one who serves as pastor, as pastors to our sinful men. We would do well to recognize, though, that these things are fruits of the Spirit, which He works in us through our baptism into Christ. The Holy Spirit works clean hearts in us continually to love what is good, to be self-controlled, to live an upright, holy, and disciplined life in Christ. For this reason, all Christian men should at least consider whether the Lord is calling them to serve, and we as a congregation should encourage the same among our young men. I said way back at the beginning of this sermon that we celebrate feast days not because we have to, but we get to, and because we can learn something from those who have gone before us. What is something that we can take away today? And I'm sure there are many things, but for today, look at verse 2. In Titus chapter 1, St. Paul praises God who never lies. In particular, God cannot lie about the salvation he has provided for us in Christ. God the Father set forth his own Son as the payment for our sin and freely, completely forgives our sins and gives us eternal life through Jesus. Though the whole world falls apart, and though it will be burned up and dissolved, as St. Peter says, this thing remains eternally, the salvation we have in Christ. This is what caused St. Paul to speak and to labor. It is why St. Titus worked tirelessly to raise up and train pastors so that more and more and more would hear the gospel of Christ 
and receive the free forgiveness that we have in Him. This work isn't limited to pastors, mind you, but it also happens in each of our lives according to our vocations. Some of us are parents, some grandparents, some a step beyond that. We are workers, we are retirees, we are students. It is the Lord who places us where we are, and it is He who works through us to share His love in both word and deed. I happen to serve as pastor, and I pray that the Lord would continue to raise up ever more pastors. But let us all, though, hear St. Paul's encouragement to Titus, that we also hold fast to the word we've been taught and cling wholeheartedly to the God who does not lie. May the Lord work through each of us according to our vocation, that we, like Titus, would teach the word truthfully and live faithfully. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.